Hello and welcome to another episode of Here's the Point with Caden Kelly, a podcast where I read books and I talk about them on the podcast to help improve my health, my wealth, my wisdom, and my peace. And I pass on the information that I learn to you so that you can improve those areas of your life as well. This episode is, or this podcast is supplementary to my main podcast called Book Club with Caden Kelly. Uh, that that episode, those episodes are usually sixty to ninety minutes long. This pe- episode, these podcasts are supposed to be fifteen minutes long, and I'm, I'm trying really hard to stay in that time frame. So you can get all the juicy details uh, in sh- a shorter time frame here. If you like this conversation, I go into way more depth and cover a lot more information in the other episode on book club. So if you like this conversation, go check out those episodes. You can search this episode name in Spotify or Apple Podcast or YouTube with the book club with Caden Kelly and you'll find the episode or you can go to my blog the easiest way to get to it go to my blog kadenkellysblog.wordpress.com and you'll find links to that podcast you'll find links to my socials where I do little snippets of this podcast I do little snippets you know little those little those little fun clips that are supposed to help me gain uh, more um to, to, to get in front of more people so that we can help more people right that's what we're doing here we're we're learning more things about life, how to be better people, how to have more peace, health, wealth, and wisdom. And we're passing it on so you can have those things too. So uh, I also do the book club live. So you can go to the blog. You'll find my YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook where I stream it live Mondays, usually in the AM. So uh, Mountain Standard Time-ish. It's 9 to noon Mountain Standard Time, whatever. Follow me, follow, uh, subscribe, turn on your notifications, whatever you do, whatever the whatever you want to do, right? Uh, last week I read a book called Broke Millennial by Aaron Lowry. Stop scraping by and get your financial life together. It's another uh, awesome financial book. This is a super money. It's like financial literacy 101. It's really basic money principles. And uh, I thought it was going to be dumb and just like, oh, I'm way better than this book. But I'm not. I'm not better than any of these fucking books I read. Aaron did a really good job. Uh, explaining a lot of money. Um, we'll talk about her, you know, why she wrote it and where it came from. But I'm going to tell you first a little bit about Erin in her bio right here in the book. Erin Lowry is a millennial personal finance expert, writer, and speaker. She founded BrokeMillennial.com as a way to reach her fellow millennials who are struggling to understand basic personal finance concepts. Lowry's writing has appeared in New York Magazine, Forbes, and U.S. News and World Report and on Business Insider and Thought Catalog. Some of her many opinions have been featured in USA Today and The Wall Street Journal and on CBS Sunday Morning, NBC News, Refinery29, Marketplace Money, and Mashable. Lowry lives in New York City with her spunky rescue dog, Mosby. Nice. So that's Erin, and this is her book. So um, let's talk. I got, uh, you know, how, how far into it? Three minutes. We got time. 12 minutes. Let's go. Uh... And the first, the book is broken into 18 chapters, I believe. Not part one, part two, part three. It's just 18 chapters. Just like the fundamentals of money, personal finance, financial literacy, what to do with your money, how to be, uh, how to, you know, like gain responsibility and accountability for your money. And that's what she talks about in chapter one. She says that her intention is to teach young adults, 20 something year olds, basic financial education and literacy, uh, how to overcome financial anxiety. Um, that's where all these, that's where all the principles come from. I'm not going to go through each chapter. In fact, I, I, 
uh, I, I'm trying to find ways to improve this podcast as I go. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just fucking around until I figure it out. But I wrote down a few of my favorite chapters from the book that I want to talk about. And you know me, I take my notes as I read the book. I take notes in my phone. It's what I'm going to be reading off of. So uh, chapter four, she talks about budgeting strategies. Strategies? I keep getting that wrong. Um, budgeting is a, it's an interest, you know, budgeting seems silly. And to me, growing up for so long, budgeting seemed dumb because... One, I never made money. And then once I started making money, I thought, I just, I have money, so I don't need to budget it. But she painted a new, uh, she illustrated a new concept of budgeting for someone like me who's a self-employed that is super awesome. It's called zero-sum budgeting. Zero-sum budgeting is basically using last month's money to pay for this month's expenses. And the reason I think that's so awesome, especially because of my OCD brain, is when you use... you can see what you made last month and assign each dollar a role. So instead of getting your paycheck and then saying, okay, well, half of this is going to rent and, and this is, so much is going towards my car and so much is going towards my credit card. Instead of doing that, you can say, you can sit down at the beginning of the month and say, okay, last month I made X amount of dollars. And now this month I'm going to use I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this much and put it towards this and take this much and put it towards this and blah, blah, blah. And then hopefully you have some money left over. And so with that money left over, you can assign it something else. You could put extra money into a savings. You could put extra money into investing or into savings. Or if you fall short, you can see where you fall short and see, okay, maybe I can't afford to spend this much money on this category in this expense this month. Maybe I need to cut back on this. I need to cut back on this. Zero-sum budgeting makes so much sense in my head. And I think it's probably one of the wisest budgeting strategies that I've come across to help improve your financial responsibility, to help take control of where you are financially. Budgeting, I think that's like the main, the main benefit to budgeting is you're kind of forced to take responsibility for how much money you make and how much money you spend. Even if you're not, like, even if you're not assigning money to specific places religiously and you're not doing it consistently, as long as you understand how much I'm spending, how much I'm saving, how much I'm earning, you can make better decisions. And it will might prompt you to be a smarter spender. It might prompt you to work harder to make extra money, to make ends meet. So budgeting seems silly to me mostly, but this this budgeting strategy, strategy was awesome. So that's uh, chapter four. She talks a ton about budgeting strat- strategies. Chapter eight, she talks about debt, getting out of debt, and taking responsibility. I, a note that I took from the, bo- the book in, in debt, I said, what, debt, what this chapter really boils down to is if you take actionable steps to improve your financial situation, you can know all the info banks. Oh, wait. I, oh, I read it wrong in the first. Okay, here it is. What this chapter really boils down to is if you take actionable steps to improve your financial situation. You can know all the info banks provide for your loans and credit cards, but you are the only one responsible for spending out of your control and not making tough sacrifices to pay off your debt. You're the only one that's responsible for your financial situation. Not your parents, not your partner, not your kids, not your boss. You're the only one responsible for your financial situation. Uh, a lot of us might have grown up with parents who didn't know what to do with their money. They may not have 
instilled wise money strategies in you, but you're the only one responsible for your for your own situation. Regardless of how much money you make, regardless of how, how what your uh, uh, yeah yeah you're the only one responsible for your situation. Uh, as you as you get older, it's up to you to learn about what uh, APY is and what credit card interest is and what it means to default on loans. You're the only one responsible. You're the only one responsible for yourself to figure it out. So if you're in credit card debt or if you're you have student loan debt or if you have medical debt, it's up to you to figure out how to tackle this the most effective way. If you're in a job and you're making X amount of dollars and uh, maybe you can't make ends meet, you need, to, you need to figure out how to make extra money or you need to figure out where to cut back on spending so you can reallocate certain dollars for certain things. You're the only one responsible for your money. You're the only one responsible for situ- your situation. The world is crazy. The, it throws curveballs at you. Inflation gets out of control. We live in a bubble. Everything's weird. We don't understand everything. I don't understand why everything happens. I don't even think most financial experts are always – I don't think anyone always predicts what's going to happen. So what's important is that you take responsibility for your own financial situation and, and take care of your own problems. I have credit card debt. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm coming up with my own strategies to pay off my credit card debt. Um, and it requires sacrifice. It requires cutting back on spending in areas that I normally don't think about, that I don't think twice about. But I have to because – Having credit card debt for too long accrues tons of interest, and I end up paying way more for whatever I bought than I did before I bought it, right, without having the debt. So when it comes to debt, get out of it. Take responsibility. You're the only one responsible for it. Uh, Chapter 10, she talks about paying yourself first, a, a cliche that a lot of money experts talk about, but it's really important when it comes to taking accountability for your financial situation, for getting financially free for being financially independent. Pay yourself first. What does paying yourself first look like? Pay yourself first is your savings. Savings can be broken down into several levels. Emergency fund, personal investments, retirement, fuck you money, fun money, and other big purchases for savings. Um, the, uh, the distinction She makes a distinction between fuck you money and fun money. I always thought that they were the same thing. Again, I never really used to budget or save money I'm learning. That's why I read these books. Fuck you money is basically being able to say no to someone asking you to do something, right? Saying no to your employer saying, I need you to work weekends or I need you to work overtime tonight. And then you could say, fuck you. No, I have, I have fuck you money. I have saved, I have, I have money saved so I don't have to do what you're asking me to do. And fun money is spending however much money you want on your vacations, right? But Paying yourself first, it's, first it starts with your emergency fund. Uh, emergency fund should be uh, every, okay, yeah, they explain emer- your emergency fund should be three to six months. Let me just double check. I want to get this right. Yeah. So paying yourself, paying yourself first is critical to gaining financial independence, and it starts with your emergency fund, and your emergency fund should be three to six months of monthly expenses saved in a healthy account that's accruing some kind of uh, yield. Like uh, She says it should be uh, you sh- should have your emergency fund saved in an account with at least 1% APY, annual percentage yield, instead of in a tin can in your backyard, right? So it's not losing value over time due to inflation. 
but you should have three to six months of your monthly expenses saved in case shit hits the fan, you lose your job, uh, a traumatic event occurs in your family. Um, you got to be prepared. This is the this is the this is the fundamentals to paying yourself first. Your emergency fund. If you're a self-employed person or a freelancer like me, the, the recommendation is having nine months of savings, uh, having nine months of expenses saved, uh, in a, in a, in a similar account. And then you should be p- moving your money towards personal investments, like investing in the per- your personal stock or not personal stocks, but just personal investments, whatever they want to be, whether it's uh, stock index funds or bond index funds or mutual funds or whatever it is. You should also be contributing to your 401k or your 401, 403b accounts. Um, should be contributing to your retirement. Then you should be saving for fuck you money to uh, take care of to, or just you know to live your life without needing to work 24-7. And you should have fun money to go on vacations and buy toys and have a good time, right? Money, the biggest, the biggest, um, the most valuable thing money does is it re-gives, rather, the most valuable thing money does is it gives you back your time. If you use your money properly and wisely, it doesn't just buy you nice things or send you on vacations or get you a big house. It gives you time back to do what's really important to you. And that's, that's why we read books like this. That's why we focus on um, how to be responsible with our money so that we can be better people and we can live more meaningful lives. Not because we want to be rich douchebags that live in the Bahamas or something. We want to be responsible. We want to be accountable. And we want to be as best people that we can for ourselves and for our family and for the people around us. That's what this is all about. And then the last chapter was chapter 15 that I wanted to talk about. It was investing. I kind of already talked about it. But a couple of notes that I had from that I took from the book was uh, ideal benchmarks to hit before you start investing. It goes back to savings. Already contribute to your 401k or 403b. Have three to six months of expenses saved and have no high interest debt. Pay off all high interest credit cards or not even credit cards, just all high interest debts, whether it's credit cards or it's loans of some sort. Uh, she talks, you know, there's a little dialogue about if you have a mix of debt like credit cards, student loans, medical bills, a mortgage, some debt is weighs heavier than others. And she talks about different strategies on what to pay off before others or what you should tackle right away. But uh, it's safe. Suffice it to say, what's most important here is have no high interest credit card debt. I'm sorry. I keep saying credit card debt, but that's just my personal situation. Have no high interest debt. Pay off your credit cards. Pay off high interest loans before you start making big investment moves. Already contribute to your 401k or your 403p plan and have three to six months of expenses saved if you're traditionally employed or have nine months saved if you're a self-employed or freelance worker. That's it. That's all I got time to talk about today. That's Broke Millennial by Aaron Lowry. Uh, There's tons more discussion about money and how to use your time how to use money wisely, how to give yourself more time, how to be a better person. Um, you can find the longer conversation again in my blog. Go to kadenkellysblog.wordpress.com. You can find Broke Millennial there through the links. You can search it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or YouTube. You can find the, the links live for the live conversation for next week's book in the podcast. I'm sorry, in the blog. There's so many fucking things to go through. There's lots of shit. Go do you. Uh, we'll see you next time. And make sure to, uh, you know, if you have any questions, 
from me. You can find my socials on my blog. Reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. Have a good one. We'll see you at the next one.